national nightmare is over, people. I'll explain that in a second. Also, there is a new, well, there might be a new protected class in America, and you might be happy about it. Stay tuned for the surprising news. They found a really old woolly mammoth. That's a good story, too. Still kicking? No. But there are attempts to bring him back to life. Really? So stay tuned for that. Yes. Um, Kamala Fuzzy, fuzzy elephants. That'd be so cool. Kamala Harris got asked about uh, opening schools yesterday by Savannah Guthrie, and Savannah Guthrie uh, latched onto her like a bulldog and wouldn't let go. Really? But, uh, yeah, questioned uh, several times and got no answer. We'll play that for you later this hour, similar to her spokesperson yesterday. Just talking in circles and not answering the question. Yeah, but don't you don't you dare give me hope that America's journalists are remembering what it is to be a journalist. Don't you dare. Um, our national nightmare is over. Emotional support animals are banned on planes. It is over. The whole I'm a college girl and I don't want to leave my dog alone, so I'm taking it with me on this trip. Uh, because I say I got a note from my doctor. Is over. It's all. It makes me over. sad when I don't have my dog, and so he's not emotional. It's a part dog. It's hard to believe it lasted as long as it did. Everybody caught on. Everybody knew exactly what was happening, but it is over. Well, that means my fifty thousand dollars is safe, as I had offered up fifty k in cash to anybody who could get a full-grown emotional support horse onto an airliner. From the Wall Street Journal, the free ride for Fido is over. Given a green light from the Transportation Department, airlines have banned so-called emotional support animals from cabins, making it much more complicated and much more expensive for pets to fly with their owners now, and the standard's much higher for... Because you can have a, a, a dog on there if you need it, but you know you can't just go to a fake website anymore. So right. it says here, say goodbye to Great Danes with red vests for some reason, or cats, or ferrets, or spiders, or pigs, or all kinds of different things that had shown up on planes in recent years. Trained service dogs and only dogs are allowed to fly free uncaged, um, and that includes dogs trained to help with physical limitations or psychiatric service dogs that do exist, but you have to have a federal forms filled out, and there's a process to go through. And uh, I want an emotional support pig. I'm sorry. I want one of those. I was just going to say, if somebody brings a swine on board, <laughs> I'm so amused, it's worth any inconvenience. Does it do any tricks? <laughs> and even if you have a um, uh, the federal paperwork filled out and everything like that now, if the dog barks, lunges, any of those things, immediately goes underneath. Uh, with the other pets. One of my favorite things to see is people with dogs that have the fake service dog vest on. And this it's dog just is just a vest. It's smelling every single thing it passes yeah. by. And oh, yeah. I've, I, I had friends who trained support, and that is not a service dog. That, no. that, that is a dog that you put a vest on. Exactly. Right. My only fear is that, you know, for instance, uh, in, in California, there was this, could be $30 billion worth of unemployment fraud. Well, they fixed that by making it impossible for anybody with a legitimate claim to right. get it to go through. They just overreacted. And I have fear that, uh, you know, some of our fighting men with PTSD or, or whatever might have too much trouble getting their permit. Let's, oh, let's hope they find something like a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. But college girls with hogs. <laughs> <laughs> have your roommate take care of your hog while you're home. Hilarious. I'll quickly pay this off. The oldest known DNA recovered in Siberia. Twice as old as anything they'd ever found before. So a few years back, they found the DNA of a prehistoric horse 
that lived about a half million years ago. That was the oldest DNA they'd ever found. They found something that's a million two years old in Siberia. Wow. An old woolly mammoth. Some actual uh, DNA. Wow. Um, it really puts things in perspective, doesn't it? I think there was a horse a half a million years ago or an elephant-like creature walking around 1.2 million years ago. There are 10 million mammoth carcasses preserved in the Arctic permafrost. Many of them still like the fur and the soft tissue and everything like that still preserved by the uh, the freezing. There's wow, so like during the woolly mammoth evening news, there was probably a lot of talk about climate change. It was getting colder. Some, In fact, some woolly mammoth scientists have predicted that there will be a permanent frost in this part of the world. Um, there are so many woolly mammoths buried up there that they export 80 tons of mammoth ivory every year. There's plenty really? of it around. I wondered where that came from because I have several guitars that have mammoth ivory on them, and I always thought, where they get that? There's tons of it around, apparently. Yeah, I got one. I thought it was unique. So, I thought it was special. So there are a couple of people that are trying to uh, you know, bring back a mammoth that way using the DNA since it actually exists. The two different uh, attempts that have happened, uh, one of them was a CRISPR technology, but that didn't work. And then the, some China's trying to do it. But at some Still point, boy. some point they'll figure out how to bring back a woolly mammoth, which would be super cool. I think. Yeah, I think it would, too, unless, you know, some disease leaps out of it and makes the COVID look like, you know, the sniffles. Yeah, it turns out if uh, the COVID gets into a woolly mammoth and mixes with it, it comes out and wipes us all out. That's possible. Or it just rampages around the earth, stomping us to death, which is always a possibility. (laughs) My understanding is, I think woolly mammoths are the ones that are, they're actually smaller than a modern African elephant. This thing was 10 tons, I think they said it was. It was quite large. Hmm. I'm not saying it's small. There are different kinds of woolly mammoths. Fair enough. That's probably as deep as we need to go on this. I hate it when we fight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the mastodon. I think it's the mastodon that's super. There you go. I could be wrong. I don't know. Jobless claims are out as they are every Thursday, and the number's up a fair amount. About 860,000 more people filing for unemployment help in the last week. And that was a pretty sharp uptick. It has been high now for a year I gotta believe that the 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 fallout from this is going to hit us someday, but try not to think about that right now. Well, right, right. I think it is significant, or it certainly could be significant, that the nation's bookend dumbass governors Cuomo and Mussolini are both looking at either recall or or impeachment or what have you, and they that's just been... complete utter nonsense. No, see, it's not though, Gavin. Uh, it, and they have been two of the leading exponents of, of harsh shutdowns. Gavin you know, shutting down your business. Gavin, I have the right. We're going to follow the science. He was wrong to have a late night dinner. He shouldn't have gone out to eat late at night. Uh, and we, uh, you know, we had an early dinner. But oh, then- oh, right, right. See, that was unfair of you. He had an early dinner, you see. <laughs> um, Gavin is not in any legal trouble, I don't think, although that story that's bubbling up of the uh, no-bid $100 million deal that went to campaign donors. But it's really hard to get people on that. Really, really, really hard. But he could get recalled. That's for real. On the other end of the United States, though, Cuomo's in serious 
trouble as it came out yesterday that the Department of Justice and the FBI is looking into you falsified documents, you held back information, you lied. He could be in serious legal trouble. So he lied uh, specifically to cover up the deaths of the old folks in the uh, the COVID ridden old folks homes. I, I don't know. Forced to accept patients. I think you a lying creep. You lying creep. I think a resignation is more likely on that end of the country. I'm looking for shady offshore gambling sites that are going to allow me to parlay that neither one of them will be in their position by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I could, I could see that, but I think Cuomo is going to have to resign because he's going to have to deal with these legal trouble. I think it's going to become clear to him pretty quickly. And then the Democrats have turned on him hard there yes. in the state of New York, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to become clear to him quickly that he's got bigger concerns than whether or not he's governor. Right, he needs to stay out of jail. Yeah. Maybe he can do another fun interview with his brother where they talk about the Q-tips that they use for their for their COVID test because they, because they're friends yeah. and they're related. Yeah, nice. <clears throat> CNN. Has CNN begun to uh, report on the sins of the elder Cuomo yet? Or I don't, has his little muscle-bound brother continued to hold sway over the newsroom? I, yeah, I, I don't know about that. Is anybody going to take his Emmy away since uh, he won an Emmy for his uh, press conferences? It would turn out to be at least partially were lies to everyone. I think uh, a fitting punishment might be that uh, everybody who lost a relative in New York gets a copy, hardcover copy, of Cuomo's book, and he has to walk (laughs) through a gauntlet of them, and they each get to whack him one to three times with it. Yeah. The book he wrote about how brilliantly he'd handled the epidemic uh, uh, a quarter of the way through it. Boy, that's... One of the greatest acts of stupidity and hubris I've ever witnessed, and I've witnessed a few. That's pretty galling. So, And and he knew he covered it up when he wrote that book. He knew that was a cover-up. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. making a mistake is one thing. You would have gotten excused with so much making a mistake because early on we didn't know what was going on with this but you covered up and lie and knowingly lie and then write a book about how great you are and strut around that's just you're a certain sort of person that does you that. lying creep while the media licks his boots and sings his praises and makes jokes about cuomo sexuals and how he is certainly the next democratic nominee for president oh for goodness sakes there's a big GameStop hearing going on today as they look into short selling and, uh, you know, insider uh, 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 getting together and trying to manipulate the market and stuff like that. Get you, get you a little preview of what that's going to be like among what did you tell us we had coming up? There is a new protected class. Well, there could be a new protected class in America. It might be you and you might be in favor of it. Okay. I want to hear that. Yeah. So, I mean, like women, gay, the old. Another sure. protected class like For that. instance. Okay. Right. Yeah, all, that, exactly. all that stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Have you seen the billboards they've got on the Indiana-Michigan border? You seen oh, that? Oh, yeah, I have. Because Indiana is primarily open and Michigan is primarily closed, and they're trying to get the business of people that, like, you know, live right on the state line. That would be easy for you to drive across the state line to do your shopping and that sort of stuff. The great state of Indiana welcomes Michiganders to a free-to-roam state. We thank you for your revenue. Then on the other side, when you head out, sorry, folks, Michigan's closed again, and it's the... The guy from the movie Vacation, Vacation, John Candy. Sorry, folks, Michigan's closed. Moose yeah. out front should have told you. There you go. And then they've got uh, Indiana Business Person of the Year 2020 in a picture of the governor of Michigan there. 
as you drive into Indiana. Thanks for your wow. business. I, love I just love Indiana. That's like didn't Texas declare uh, Gavin Newsom of California their uh, their I don't I don't remember their man of the year right <clears throat> or their number one real estate agent oh right I think right, that right. was the meme yeah that's good stuff uh, speaking of uh, Cal Unicornia a Republican there are a few in that state introduced two bills on Tuesday that aim to ban discrimination over a person's political views characterizing the package as an effort to fight cancel culture. Now, this is an interesting story, but in case you're tempted to tune out, the response to the story is even more interesting. Senator Melissa Melendez R. said, Cancel culture and the efforts to silence differing opinions and voices should be a growing concern for all of us. A climate of intolerance has been established and has stifled healthy and normal debate. Anyone who values their own freedom of speech should be concerned. Senate Bill 238, also known as the Diversity of Thought Act, seeks to add political affiliation as a protected class under the Fair Employment and Housing Act. So it would go along with race, color, ancestry, religion, sex, sexual orientation, family status, marital status, disability, nationality, and source of income. So in California, where you're not even allowed to ask an applicant, um, are you like a violent felon? The idea that you can fire somebody because I hate Republicans is kind of ironic. Now, I'm a free market guy, so I don't love any of it. But if you have what you already have in California, how do you how do you justify not having mm-hmm. this added protection? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the worst, most awful human beings in politics, Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez, who is behind the job-crushing uh, Bill uh, AB5 in California that outlawed gig workers, unless they had rich enough lobbyists to to get an exemption. Um, she posted a scorched earth screed uh, on Twitter directed at Ms. Melendez bill. I'm going to be quoting uh, quite a lovely piece here. I like to give credit from uh, Katie Grimes in the California globe, but listen to what this union stooge Lorena Gonzalez said <clears throat> about the ability, uh, about the idea of fighting cancel culture. I don't know who needs to hear this today, but you're racist pro-domestic terrorism, xenophobic, misogynistic views do not warrant protection from discrimination. Your choice to hate and actively pursue hate does not make you part of a protected class. Wow. So if you're this nice other gal who's a Republican and says, I don't think you should be able to be fired because you're a conservative, the response is, your racist, pro-domestic terrorism, xenophobic, misogynistic views do not warrant protection. How crazy is that? Pretty darn. Gonzalez calling Republican Senator Melendez and all right-of-center voters racist, pro-domestic terrorism, xenophobic, misogynistic is a foul and rather disgraceful thing for an elected state official to say, but it is protected speech. That is unbelievable. How bitter and crazy are these people? This is a, this is the same uh, gal who, when Elon Musk said he's uh, considering moving the operation to Texas, she tweeted, she spelled the word out with an asterisk in place of the U, F-U, F, Elon Musk, to which Elon responded, message received, which is some, some fine, fine respondent there. Yeah. Man, oh, man. And uh, gosh, dang it. Could the, the politics in the, the blue states and the blue cities get any more toxic? Um. Yeah. Okay. All right. Never mind. I think that's enough of that. But wow. Wow. 
So we might learn a little bit about the inner workings of Wall Street today. Probably not, because as it says in this article here, the GameStop hearing that's going on today. um, Well, I'll read a guy who uh, who writes about this sort of stuff for a living. My experience is that these hearings are tough on both the Congress members and the witnesses, as the witnesses know much more about the subject matter than the members of the committee and the members get lost in questioning that a staff member may have written the question, but they don't understand what they're asking, so they can't do a follow-up. <laughs> so that might happen today. But you know the whole GameStop story, and if you don't know what that is, you're not probably listening to me right now. Anyway, but who's testifying today? Uh, Steve Huffman, the CEO of Reddit. Okay, on that end, that's pretty interesting. Gabriel Plotkin, CEO of Melvin Capital Management, one of your giant hedge funds. Vlad Tednev, CEO of Robinhood. That's interesting. Jennifer Schlupp, Director of a Financial Regulation Studies at Cato Institution, a libertarian think tank, to talk mm-hmm. about how things should work. Okay. Uh, Ken Griffin, a billionaire and head of the investment firm uh, Citadel. So you got a bunch of your heavyweights on the, uh, the hedge fund end. you got some just smart th- libertarian thinkers. You've got people on the, the, the Reddit Robin Hood end of things. I, I, there could be some interesting questioning and answering going on today. In, including the guy AK, known as Roaring Kitty, who was the uh, kind of the, the patient zero of all of this, the guy who put his theories up on YouTube that everybody's He's going to be there? Yeah, uh, he's going to be deposed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good, yeah. good. Roaring yeah. Kitty. Yeah, or adding value, uh, as he was known on the subreddits. Uh, Roaring Kitty I'm was not his... a cat. I remember that cat lawyer. I'm, here live. I'm not a cat. <laughs> what are you saying, Sean? There's a man with a head like a cat. <laughs> but a number of people seem to think the real answers will come when the SEC looks into this, not when uh, normal House members look into it. Armstrong and Getty. So yesterday I got a text to be offered my first vaccine against COVID, uh, which I thought was a bit weird. So I checked in with the doctors and they said, in fact, I was in group six priority list because of my excess weight, which was a bit of a blow. Um, Anyway, the GP then rang back this morning after I'd questioned this and said that it was in fact a mistake. Told me that rather than six foot two, they had me down as 6.2 centimetres in height, which combined with my current weight would give me a body mass index of 28,000. <laughs> but you said, carry it well. They said I could be first in line because of my weight, which was a bit of a blow. <laughs> <laughs> As a guy who's, what, what would that be, like two inches tall? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't funny at all. The lighter side the of the COVID. Health, the World Health Organization uh, claims to be ooching around in China, and I uh, got this news alert from the Wall Street Journal, and I got all excited. In Hunt for COVID-19 Origin, WHO team focuses on two animal types in China. They're looking into ferret badgers, which apparently is one thing. No, okay. There's no comma there. It's not ferret, comma, badgers? No, it's ferret badgers. What's a ferret badger? Sounds terrifying. It's like a chicken hawk. <laughs> kind of. Did any of the wolf lions get it? <laughs> I don't know. It's a liger. That's the second <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite reference on the show today, which is probably too, too many. A liger. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much my favorite animal. <laughs> Ferret, badgers, and rabbits that can carry the virus and were sold at a Chinese market where early cases uh, emerged. 
Members of the WHO team probing the pandemic's origin say further investigation, blah, blah, blah. So they're, they're still trying to claim, oh, yeah, yeah, it was that Wuhan wet market. Yeah, yeah. Somebody bought a ferret badger and was chewing on it, and they got it. Right. So last week, the WHO announces, nope, it, it came out of the market, not the lab. The world reacted with, oh, give me a break. And so yeah. they, they they feel like they got to come up with more evidence. So they invent something called a ferret badger. <laughs> Keeping in mind, they're, they're uh, investigating under the watchful eye of the Chinese after a year worth of delay slash cleaning up the evidence and then told, yeah, investigate all you want. Just tell us everything you do, uh, you know, every minute, please. Oh, by the way, that big hearing on GameStop today, one of the big questions, obviously, is going to ask the uh, Robin Hood people, why did you stop trading on that day? Who told you to stop? What was the decision-making there? Obviously, that'll be part of it. So mm-hmm. we'll see if anything comes out of that. Uh, a little bit later, we'll get to this uh, really stupid idea that some companies are having of trying to get their coworkers to mingle because uh, nobody's working together anymore. And the Zoom happy hour was fun for about a week, apparently. Oh. Um, so now they got these new ideas for uh, getting you together. Great. And None they're of these going things. to be voluntary, but it will be noted if you don't participate. <laughs> Probably. And uncomfortable, and everybody will hate it. Um, but that's the way things work. The Biden administration is really struggling to explain why they're not fully behind opening schools. I am. I'm for opening schools. Schools need to open immediately. Just as soon as they get new ventilation systems and all the teachers get vaccines, the schools as need soon to as open. we can do it safely, right? Safely. Anyway, um, do the teachers need to get vaccinated? Well, it's a long, it's a long, complicated day. Had you heard there's something called a ferret badger? Um, <laughs> but so Kamala Harris got asked about this by Savannah Guthrie in the Today Show yesterday. Here's how it went. Let's talk about schools. Uh, we got a lot yeah. of parents watching right now, maybe with their kids yeah. right next to them because they're not right. going to school. The CDC. If- we all want the schools to reopen, Savannah. All of us who have children in our lives, they want to go back to school. We want them to go back to school. Teachers want to teach. But what about that CDC the guidance priority. then? That's, that's the question. Look, again, parents mm-hmm. watching, what is the bottom line? What does it mean yeah. for schools to yeah. be reopened? And how soon can they be reopened? So our goal is that as many K through eight schools as possible will reopen as it, within the first hundred days. I don't want to. Ameri- I want to beat it to death, but I just I know there are teachers yeah. listening, and the CDC has said they don't have to be vaccinated to go back to school. Of we think they should be a priority. priority. We think they should. We think they should be a priority. This is not a trick question. So we edited yeah. out the long rambling answers from Kamala Harris to not punish you. But as you could see, Savannah Guthrie is getting quite frustrated with the fact, just as whoever it was on CNN yesterday got frustrated with Kamala's spokesperson, getting very frustrated when people won't answer the simplest question in the world. Well, they're not answering it on purpose. We all know that. Right. And and listen, here's the complicity of the media. And I got to tell you, I appreciate Savannah Guthrie not just rolling around in in pathetic sycophancy um, like so much of her network does, but... And actually, you know, trying to stick the politician with the question. But here's the problem. And you really need to read uh, Mark Leibovich's book, This Town, to understand how incestuous the whole thing is. And I need to reread it because <clears throat> it was several years ago. But here's here's a question for you. Why didn't Savannah Guthrie simply say, and she's a smart lady. She knows this. She's why a lawyer. Didn't, why didn't she say, are you fudging on this question and engaging in this runaround 
because the teachers unions are huge contributors to your party's campaigns. That's you don't the, you never call them on their actual crap. That's the next stop on the you know journalism end of this story. Obviously, that and um, you know show up with some of the studies showing schools can open safely. There's plenty, and then say I've got all the studies here. What do you have to show that schools can't open right now? Do yeah. you have any data on that? But then the, uh, there would be danger of being disinvited to the uh, the big cocktail party, the big Christmas sure. soiree. Yeah, you tough. know, you're picking up your kids at the same $65,000 a year elementary school as theirs, and you don't dare actually call them on their crap. I do feel like the four years of uh, the Trump era with media was a great reminder that the relationship of media to uh, politicians should be adversarial. And it's it's nice to see that they didn't completely abandon all of that, and I, I'm I'm interested to see how long it'll stick because that is the proper tone of how you should be engaging with these people, not trying to stay on their invitation lists. A, c- a couple of people thought that that was a little bit of the honeymoon is over yesterday when Savannah Guthrie stuck with it that long. I would say so, and a little earlier today I shared with you a story from the Washington Post. Well, the headline is Biden team struggles to specify when schools will open, normalcy will return. I'd say that's even a, a charitable way to describe the utterly floundering messaging um, that the the Biden team has issued. Well, they, there's no defense. They're 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 saying something that doesn't make any sense. All the science says open the schools. We're saying don't open the schools, but teachers are a priority. We want to be safe. It is safe. What are you talking about? You want to be it's safe already. Well, they have no defense. Um we'll be following that story. The chicken sandwich wars have expanded into naval combat. Watch I stole that line. It's kind of funny. Judy and I tried three times to get Chick-fil-A. While we were traveling last week, the, the all three times the the line was so mind bogglingly long. That's what it was I was like. To people me. Were, were lining up for the 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 COVID shot if the COVID killed a hundred percent of the people who got it. I mean, it was unbelievable. Now they're incredibly efficient at the Chick Fil A, but it was just too much. There's a demand for it. I, that happened yeah. to me the other day. Oh, Chick Fil A! Yeah, a chance to eat it, and I'm hungry. It's lunch. Ah, man, fifty cars. Yep. Nobody in line at the T Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, remember when Popeyes had their chicken sandwich and that became a national rage and you oh, couldn't yeah. get them and they ran out of everything like that? Well, they've now released a fish sandwich that uh-huh. is supposed to be all the rage. It's the sequel to the chicken sandwich, and so it's a fish sandwich, so that's the line. The chicken sandwich wars have expanded into naval combat. A fish sandwich. <laughs> I feel like I think it's now I get it. It's not as a uh, competitive sector. I mean, who's their competition in this? The filet fish from well, McDonald's? Right. Yeah. Is there any fish in a filet of fish? Oh, probably not. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, hey. Number one, yes, there is. Number two, they have attorneys. I said probably. That's the sort of thing that almost got me booted out of community college. Well, if we don't learn the lessons meat. from that, then. <laughs> I wish you'd listen to that dean. <laughs> Having to That'd be something. If, if after all the things we've done and said, that's what brought us down. <laughs> Jack made a joke about the filet of fish, and Sean said, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> and that was the end of it. That was it. And then that's why I happen to be working at this Popeye's chicken. Would you like fries with that? <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried the fish sandwich? 
I don't know if the world needed a four-part documentary about Woody Allen and whether or not he was uh, doing naughty things with the kids, but they're about to get one on HBO. A little bit about that. Your uh, your the company you work for is about to try to force you to be friends with your coworker, whether you want to be or not, and a bunch of other stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. I want to address something. I know that people are probably watching this who never have listened to my program and may not even really know what conservatism is. They think they do based on how they've been told, the way we've been impugned and maligned and so forth. One of the things that is totally erroneous about me, and I just want to get this up front, is that I'm pompous. (laughs) And, And that I am arrogant. Neither of these things are remotely true. I can tell you a joke to illustrate this. Larry King passed away, goes to heaven. He's greeted by St. Peter at the gates. St. Peter says, welcome, Mr. King. It's great to have you here. I want to show you around, give you an idea of what's here. Maybe you can pick a place that you'd like to reside. King says, I just have one question. Is Rush Limbaugh here? No, 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 no. He's uh, got a lot of time yet, Mr. King. No so St. Peter begins the tour. Larry King sees the various places, and they're just beyond anything we can imagine in terms of beauty. Finally gets to the biggest room of all with this giant throne. And over the throne is a flashing, beautiful, angelic neon sign that says Rush Limbaugh. And Larry King looks at St. Peter and says, I thought you said he wasn't here. He's not. He's not. This is God's room. He just thinks he's Rush Limbaugh. So you see, I'm not pompous. Uh, Sick. <laughs> Larry King didn't like that joke. Uh, Rush Limbaugh there oh, several years ago, and I, I will just assume that you've heard that Rush Limbaugh has uh, passed passed away yesterday, as announced by his wife on the uh, on his radio show. Um, we're going to play another clip. Yeah, yeah, we had the the privilege of actually talking to an old friend of ours, Tom Sullivan who was uh, one of Rush Limbaugh's oldest and most loyal friends. In fact, uh, Rush was the best man at Tom's wedding, uh, talking about uh, the real Rush. Clip 73, Sean, if you would. We all uh, try to be ourselves. I think anybody who's ever been successful in this business is, to a large measure, themselves on the air. Because you you have to, and people smell jive from a million miles away. On the other hand, there's there's part of you that maybe doesn't come out on the air. How would you describe Rush Limbaugh, the human being, to listeners who just know him through the air. Oh, um, I've told people this, and they look at me like I'm crazy. Um, Rush was, can't believe I'm saying was, um, a extremely polite Midwest, son of the Midwest, son of Missouri, Cape Girardeau, uh, over, over, polite and also very generous just a kind man uh, that um the bravado on the air was 
bravado, but his beliefs were, I mean, he didn't make up his beliefs. He believed everything he said, but he said it with more bravado, I think, for production values more than anything else. But uh, what a kind, polite man he was. And anybody who ever really got to meet him off the air saw it instantly. Just over-the-top politeness. From someone who knew him. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, praise for Rush Limbaugh all day long, and then a lot of just vile hatred from people who didn't like him. A lot of, uh, you know, thank God. The, the the Huffington Post headline was basically, thank God the bigot is dead. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. white supremacist, etc. I don't know where that stuff came from. I, <laughs> I, I got the sense from a number of people who were commenting that, and these were a lot of blue checkmark people. I'm not just, I'm not going to quote random Twitter followers, but a lot of blue checkmark people that, you know, you've got to be somebody to get a blue checkmark. Um, you have to have a little bit of heft. and uh, Everybody is somebody, Jack. I, I don't got, like your elitism. <laughs> I get the sense that some of these people had never listened to Rush Limbaugh or just heard about Rush Limbaugh. No, they just get uh, you know positive feedback from their co bubbleists for saying the most vile things. The more vile things they can say about Rush, the more positive feedback and strokes they get, as the uh, psychologists of the seventies used to tell us. And so they're rewarded. Oh, here, here's one thing. And so that, they just spout nonsense. Here's one thing I thought later in the day that um, this could have some meaning. Rush Limbaugh might have been the only person in America, and I'm not sure if this would ever happen, but if, but he's the only person that could have done it. If at some point Rush Limbaugh, say, year and a half from now or something like that, made the calculation that the Republican Party should move away from Trump and move toward something else, I think mm-hmm. he's the only person in America that could have convinced a very large trunk of, chunk of, Amer- of Republicans to say, okay, and go along with that. There's yeah, nobody. I think that's true. There's yeah. nobody in America that's that that's got that power. He could have said, "We've got to for our own good. We've got to put Trump behind us and move forward." And again, I don't know that he would have ever made that calculation or thought that was a good idea. But he is somebody mm-hmm. that could have done that and uh, and and switch gears. Well, right. I think that's a good description of how massive his influence was. There's nobody like Mitch McConnell or Marco Rubio or any governor or Mike Pence or anybody that could come anywhere close to his influence. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Do I have time for this? So apparently, I don't know if this ever actually happened or was just theoretical. Well, when pandemic started and uh, people started working from home, the Zoom happy hour. We're going to start meeting, you know, via the Zoom and uh, have a couple of drinks and everything like that. I don't know. Maybe it actually happened for a while. Maybe it didn't. People got tired of it. It went away. It did. My wife has done that with uh, some of her friends, uh, one of whom is uh, immune compromised. Some of her so what now? Her friends? Friends. Yeah. Yes. You, 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 uh-huh. With your friends, you might organize that on your own. People you're friendly yes, with. Yes, yes. People you just work with but may not be friends with, They're the only reason you know them or are pleasant to them at all is because you work with them, you're probably not going to put in the effort to make that to happen a lot of times. <laughs> Awkwardly and, staring at each other yeah. on our computers? Kill me. Yeah, so anyway, those have gone away. Here's a company that's got a bunch of different ideas. If the, if the Zoom happy hour is not uh, doing it anymore, play a round of trivia. Kill me. Invite everybody to get together and do a round of trivia, onla- trivia online. Why do I need to play with my coworkers? I work with my coworkers. Mm. Introduce a little mm. comedy. Find a 
comedy something somewhere that you think you all would like and you all watch it together in a virtual room. And that's oh, yeah. an HR meeting waiting to happen. No kidding. Um, do, do a cooking class together. Share a culinary experience where you all kind of cook together and kind of have a pretend Zoom meal together. Kill me. Kill me. Take a virtual graffiti workshop. What the F is that? Um, learn how to spray paint a bridge overpass, I guess. Uh, <laughs> with your coworkers. We all draw together online. But that the, sounds terrible. It, it seems to me that this is all based on, like what you said there at the beginning, your friends. If you're, but if you're friends, if you're actually friends, because most of my friends I've ever had in my life I got through work. Um, but if you're actually friends, you're coming up with ways to get together already on your own. You're not, nobody's forcing you to do it. Has, right. has it ever worked for a company to force people to be friends? That's my question, I guess. I'm not sure. Team building exercises. Close your eyes, fall backward. They'll catch you. <laughs> <laughs> made everybody more now. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder if anybody's ever been forced into being friends with somebody like that, or if it just happens. Yeah, this view of some that, that work needs to be like a, a child's summer camp. I don't understand <laughs> it. Well, and I think it's the tail wagging the dog. I think you interact with these people in the office, in the elevator, whatever. You, you end up having some sort of social relationship so that you can function. Right. Bumping into each other all day long. If you don't bump into each other, I'm not sure you need a social relationship at all. It is going to be interesting I, to see play out over time. If, pe- if people don't come back to work and we start working remotely, what will that do to any camaraderie or, or, or feeling of being together in anything? I, I, I don't know. No, it's definitely an unknown. It's like the kids who've never met their teacher. It might not work so well. Might not work as well as we think it's going to. Armstrong and Getty.